welcome back to another episode of Healthcare 360. I'm your host, Scott Burgess, and as always, thank you for being a part of the Healthcare 360 Nation. Here at Healthcare 360, we aim to answer one question and one question only. Had we known there were other options to exhaust and explore before we travel down the traditional healthcare route, would you look into them? Would you weigh those options against what we think healthcare and medicine really is? Join us in welcoming our guest, Jeremy Abramson, in studio as we talk about the ins and outs of atypical modalities of training and recovery used to optimize your body, finding your higher wisdom, why intention is everything, and his experience with plant medicines. There is so much of this conversation, you just have to dive right in. And oh, before I forget, be sure to check out our new website at scotteburgess.com. It turned out absolutely amazing. Be sure to check out our mailer list, sign up for that, for all the news and updates and so much more to come. Thanks for joining us for episode number 46, only on Healthcare 360. There's something wrong with our healthcare system and there's, there's something wrong with how people interpret healthcare. Yeah. And we're aiming to fix it. We have one question. Had people known there was another option to exhaust or explore, would they take it before they went traditional route? Mm. Boom. That's it. Welcome to another episode of Healthcare 360. I'm your host, Scott Burgess. In front of me, we have a really unique, atypical person, just like the audience asks and requires. They're looking for someone who is different, different point of view, different style, different outreach, just different. So in front of me, we have Jeremy Abramson. You can find him real quick at e3lifestyle.com. You want to give a plug to your Instagram real quick? Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you having me, brother. I'm so excited for this opportunity and to, <laughs> to really co-create magic for your listeners. And I really believe that we're going to amplify our impact together. So I'm really excited for our conversation. I actually just changed all of my social handles last night at 2 a.m. And you also cleaned out 1,200 emails. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> feeling so clear and focused going into the weekend. It's amazing. So it's just at the Coach Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at the Coach Jeremy. And you can connect with me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. And then I also have a podcast called the Energy Exchange Podcast. We've been listening to oh, you and change over- it in? The podcast used to be called The Stand Up to Sitting. Sitting, yeah, yeah, yeah. And after 100 episodes, changed the name. Okay. Uh, went through a little rebranding. And the reason for that- I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember the first one. I mean, in one, the icon that you used for Stand Up to Sitting, you would like rip diesel. Yeah. <laughs> Both I remember. And, and honestly, uh, Stand Up to Sitting is basically, for those of you who don't know, which I'm assuming is most of you, stand up to sitting is a concept, an ideology, a mindset that I really developed probably three years ago. I am really passionate about movement. And I really believe as our body moves, our brain grooves. In this country, especially, there's a really bad case of just sedentary. Yeah. Right? We're sitting 10 to 12 hours a day between our commute to work, between sitting and eating for meals, and between slouched over sitting at our desk. Right. And that sitting doesn't just affect your physical body, it affects your mental body too. You know what I tell people? You wake up after being in a steady state horizontally for at least, well, it's supposed to be eight hours if they're getting enough sleep, if. Then they stand up, they, they move around, which is the most movement they're gonna get in the morning if they're not exercising. Let's just put this in perspective. Then they get in their car and they commute. Now the commute can be anywhere well, sometimes it's the bike ride, let's be fair. But most commutes are anywhere from 20 minutes to 45 minutes. You stand up, you walk to your cubicle, wherever you're going to work, and then you sit down again. 
think about that. And then you repeat that meeting after meeting after meeting. And it's worse now because the virtual meetings. Exactly. And most people are more, they think you're more accessible. And everyone that I know is complaining that the accessibility mm. and the meetings after meetings are people sitting all day. So you imagine what happens with the hip flexors, the hamstrings, just to kind of exemplify that point that you just made exactly and you we had an amazing experience today where we were challenging <laughs> our physical body our mental body to unparalleled capacities and what happens is when you're sitting all day obviously you're destroying your spine you're destroying your shoulders and you're also compressing all your digestive organs so it leads yeah. to a lot of gi issues and things like that it's not a coincidence that one in two people in America have a chronic disease, yeah. right? The current healthcare system, it's $3 trillion going towards to treat, treat in quotation marks, chronic disease. Yeah. Stop there for a second. That's a key word, treat. Yeah. Not resolve, not solve, not cure, treat. So when you look at, again, that perspective of it, we're treating things with a Band-Aid, pharmaceutically, Sangra Guru said the other day, I watched on a YouTube video with Brian Rose, London Real. He wrote that 70% of the population on this planet, now we're over 7 billion large, are chemically dependent on some external substance. 70%. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is we've become so disconnected from our <laughs> bodies. Mm -hmm. And I think something that you have that I also have continued cultivating is this intuition, is understanding, okay, this is what my body needs right now to fuel, to feel my best, whether that is a nap in the middle of the day, whether that is a certain type of food to energize you, whether that's a certain type of stretch or body movement to really mobilize your hips, your spine. However, we've become so comfortable with mediocrity. Yeah. Let's blow it up. Or corporate protection, and which doesn't exist, by the way. Yeah. Everyone thinks it does. It doesn't. It's gone. Yeah. Honestly, you know, these last few months, I really hope it has brought to light and exposed something that you want to address in your life, right? Yeah. Because because this situation, right, is either going to expand or contract businesses. You're seeing businesses go under or you're seeing individuals and businesses elevate. They're noticing, hey, you know what? This is a great opportunity to prioritize my health and wellness. Now I have more time. I don't have to travel. I get to connect with my family. I mean, you're the father of four daughters who I had the chance of meeting before let's, let's, this. Let's tell everyone about what you were doing before. So Jeremy is talking about his TikTok. He discussed that about a month ago. And my daughter, Allie, my youngest, my 11-year-old, she's all about TikTok. She loves it. So these two are going back and forth. You two, it was hilarious. I was setting this up, getting everything ready. And then I'm listening to you go, I'm like, you two are unbelievable. And she's only 11. She's going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, teaching you some stuff too. I was like, I'm shaking my head. The kid's unstoppable. She's yeah. unstoppable. What's interesting is I think we can all really learn from children. Your kids are getting a little older. And what happens is we start to domesticate humans, yeah. right? All of a sudden, we take this beautiful, free spirit who's just living in the moment. They're overcome with curiosity and their innocence. And they just want to explore. And then through parenting, through schooling, we tell them, hey, this is good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. Yeah. And I just love seeing kids freely expressing themselves because that is how we should be acting. But as we get older, we get so confined by these perceptions mm -hmm. and these narratives and these stories. So now it's like 
okay, how can we step back? How can we be more like Ali? How can we move our body? How can we just live authentically to our truth? Yeah, that's the hardest thing, for, I think, for most people. Someone told me, and I, I got it right away. Then I didn't get it after I thought about it. Then I got it again. It was It was that deep. No one knows shit, but as soon as you realize that, you know one more thing than that person. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it has stuck with me ever since. And, I mean, it has to be maybe a month, month and a half since I heard that. And I was like, huh, there is no right or wrong. We don't know what we don't know or what we even do know. And as soon as everyone grabs a hold of that, I think that's going to bring people back to reality. Mm. Think about that for a second. Because we only know what we've created, what we think is the norm. Two right. plus two equals four. We don't know that. We assume that, but we really don't know that. Because if there really is a quantum realm, an open universe, whatever God or anything someone wants to kind of put in there, if you go back to like the, the quantum physics, we don't know. All we know is that two things collide and then they constantly communicate. Mm. Fact. Okay? Yeah. According to science. All about history. That that's one takeaway the entire time. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting you say that. I was actually thinking about this, and I actually created a video on TikTok like a month ago about this because I think <laughs> should, I, should I do TikTok? Hundred <laughs> percent. Like it's massive attention and organic reach. So okay, so I, I got to tell you this story. This is funny. So we're really cognizant of making sure that our kids are protected. Okay, yeah. because there's a lot of crap out there, and so I know on TikTok and different social platforms now politically they're targeting kids mm. okay because especially if they know there is a parent of the opposite uh, party, party right. okay so if someone's a democrat republican they're targeting those kids because the demographically they know the information because they're paying for it because these third-party companies are selling that information mm. okay it's all aligned i download tiktok and i would say probably 17 years old to let's say like mid-20s Girl after girl after girl doing these dances in a bikini the entire time. Mm. I was like, what the hell? And so I'm walking with my wife. At that time, we was still in full quarantine. Everyone was walking around riding bikes, right? And I go, look at this. And I, she, she goes, that's because they know you're a male. You're 45. You're mid-age. They want you to keep coming back. Mm. That's bullshit, man. Yeah. That's I mean, that's not okay. Anyways, that's my TikTok story. Anyway, jumping back on. Yeah. So I started saying not interested, not interested. Right. What should my first TikTok be? Because what you're going to tell me right now is I'm doing it. So, yes. So, first of all, back to what you were saying about this idea of two plus two equaling four and, and the need to be right. And I think our country is in a place where, especially at the top, there's an addiction to feeling right. You have the coronavirus, right? And you would think this would be a moment in time where we can come together, where we can unite. And unfortunately, we had a health issue. And now it's become much more of a political issue, especially the fact that it's in an election year. Yep. Coincidentally. Now, yeah, exactly. And now you have so much divisiveness, right. right? So how can the common person out there decipher what's truth and what's just being pushed out from an agenda, from a certain perspective, which is everything? There's very few neutral outlets at this time. Same thing with the Black Lives Matter. It created this huge, at first, I thought it would be like very connected and united, but it honestly created this huge divisiveness. What you were saying about two plus two equals four, right? Think about one plus eight, yeah. right? It equals nine, right? Mm -hmm. Two plus seven. Nine. Three plus six. Nine. Four plus five. 
Nine. There's all of these ways to get to the same destination, the same solution. Yeah. However, there's there's different strategies to get there in the process. Rather than being so stuck and attached to one way, right? Let's let's peel that back for a second. Most of that reason has an emotional connection back to how your parents did it. And that's how we were brought up. If someone teaches you an arithmetic type of a problem and they teach you a certain way, that's your default. Boom, out of the gate. So when we go back you're exactly right saying there's multiple ways, there's multiple highways to get to the same destination. Okay, there is, but what's everyone's default? And that's what we have to change. Right. That's what we have to change right there. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that's so powerful. And I'm glad you recognize that as a father, because I think what sometimes goes unnoticed is that 95% of our behaviors, our thoughts are mm -hmm. in the subconscious mind, Yeah, right? We're not even aware that we're having these toxic thoughts or these, these conversations with ourselves that are holding us back and they're keeping us stuck in this box. Maybe that box is designed to keep you safe or to keep you comfortable, right? Or you're addicted to being right. And what happens is we get so addicted to this context we're operating from that we don't step into our potential. People stay at a job mm. that they fucking hate, hate yeah. for 30 years. They stay in a relationship that they're not satisfied with for 20 years because they're so stuck in this context and understand that really the only way to get out of that is you have to stop and pause and actually assess. Yeah. Hey, where am I right now? Where am I? Where do I want to be? And how do I get there? And, and before right? you even figure out anything down the road, you have to be honest with yourself. And there's a lot of talk, you know, about like self-love and positive affirmations. Listen, I'm all about that. But a precursor for self-love is self-respect, is confidence, is mm. keeping the promises to yourself. So there's a difference between, hey, I have brown eyes. I'm never going to have blue eyes. I love my eyes. I see the beauty in them. Rather than like, hey, I'm 60 pounds overweight. I love my fat. I love being obese. I love being unhealthy. I love being diabetic. No, you should not love those things. And you should be honest with yourself and take action towards improving those situations. And that is, I know we may have gotten a little off topic, but I think people need to really use this time right now to assess. Okay, yeah. the reason why you're here is because you're young and you get it. Most people, and I'm going to put myself in the most people category, it takes something to change or to be realized that, you know something? Something's up. Something's not right. Something needs to be moved around a little bit. Okay, just movement it goes back to your initial comment. You need to move. We're not moving enough. You're young. You fit, you got a lot going on for you. But when did this all realize? Because this is higher wisdom. It really is higher wisdom. I do want to jump in the subconscious because a lot of people do not know. For example, like Michelle and I, when we go to bed, we listen to Wayne Dyer. So Dr. Wayne Dyer, he was talking last night on this one particular clip that I have to do a lot of. His mother, who's 91, tells herself daily, I'm not going to get Alzheimer's. It's not going to happen to me. It's not happening. And she's resistant to the idea of something even happening. And that, that's a subconscious program that she's telling herself that's now manifesting. Mm. The power of words, the power of belief, the power of letting something that we don't or can't control take over. Mm. So talk about your, your story, how you got where you are right now. Pre-healthcare 360, 
up until this point? When did you learn all of it? What were your rough patches? What were the uncomfortable spots you found yourself in? How did you make yourself vulnerable, which is the key word here? For sure. Yeah. yeah. Loaded, loaded. Loaded. I appreciate you asking that. I'm going to do my best to provide you as much context as possible. Last point here is it's possible for anybody and it can be realized at any time. Yeah. If we're going to have true change, I can't, I, I don't know how to, or get that out of the way. For okay. sure. You know, for a majority of my life, you know, I'm 29 now. For a majority of my life, I was also operating from that unconscious mindset, right? Where I wasn't really conscious of my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, my habits, my behaviors. What happened for me that was really a huge blessing in disguise was after college, I went to University of Oregon. I studied business and sports marketing. During that time, I was always passionate about fitness, Mm -hmm. but I never really saw it as a career. This was kind of like pre-social media, like right before social media became super prevalent. I was a huge baseball fan, huge Oakland A's fan. I got a job with them right out of college. It was amazing. I was on top of the world. Our team had the best record in baseball. I was like, my first year here and I'm going to bring us a World Series. Let's go. One day- (laughs) What year was that? This was 2014, summer 2014. Okay. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. Okay. Being from Boston. the Red Sox. (laughs) Most people do. The big reason, quick, quick diversion. (laughs) I hate, I don't say hate very often. I'm one of the most loving people you'll ever meet. I hate Boston sports. Number one. 2001, I'm a huge Raider fan. Yep. Tom Brady's first playoff run, the talk rule, the biggest bullshit call in the history of sports that robbed the Raiders of a Super Bowl. And then- The only play that is more well-known than the kick heard around the world by Christie with the Buffalo Bills is that play right there. That was the first thing. Then it was like- Next year or two years later, the A's had a two to nothing or two to one lead over the Red Sox in the first round of the playoffs. They blew it. They blew it to the Red Sox like two times in three years. And I just, oh my gosh. And I, I, those teams were stacked. Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, Pedro Martinez. Okay. So back to the question. (laughs) So I was working, this was summer 2014. One day in July, I got fired very suddenly. From the A's. Yeah. Got fired from that job. And then within 48 hours, I found out the girl I had been dating the last couple of years who I met at synagogue at a Yom Kippur service, right? You would think she was a keeper. I found out she was cheating on me, like the whole entire relationship. I was 23 at the time. And it was really the first piece of adversity that I was faced with. From that point forward, I was like, looking around and really taking inventory of my life and of my relationships. And I saw that most of my friends from high school who also graduated school, they weren't really doing anything. They were doing the exact same shit. They were playing Nintendo 64, playing poker, smoking weed. They weren't really driven or ambitious. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted to be in an environment that was filled with growth-oriented people. And this is before I had really dove deep into any growth work. What did you feel? When you were going through that experience and not being dumb to being fired, but when you knew that something else was turning and burning inside, yeah. what did that feel like? It felt like a really powerful pull of intuition. That was probably the first time in my life where I really did something super scary. I made the move cross country. I drove cross country two months later to Miami not really knowing anyone, not really having any seeds planted. And it just felt right. 
And just to preface that, like two weeks after all of that happened, I called my friend in Boca and I was like, in Boca, which is crazy that mm-hmm. we're in Boca Raton right now. This is <laughs> literally exactly six years ago. It was July of 2014. It's really interesting that the timing of this is so serendipitous. I visited him for a week and we spent time in Miami Beach. And I remember distinctly walking on the beach in Miami, walking to the Fountain Blue Hotel, which is 44th and Collins, for those of you familiar with South Florida. And I remember calling my dad so vividly. And I told him, I'm like, dad, this place is incredible. Like it's a little hot, but I just love the energy. I love the people. I think this is the place for me. I think I'm just going to move here. And six years later, I'm living on that same block that I made that phone call. 47th and Collins, 41st floor penthouse. And I'm not saying that to boast or brag or really say that I'm super special. However, I am saying that when you have that vision, when you have that vision and you understand what you are looking forward to, so many people are acting on a day-to-day basis with no macro in mind. Right. And when you don't have that bigger ambition or that big dream that you're chasing, that you're hungry for, that you are so overcome with desire for, it leads to a lot of lack of fulfillment. Yeah. And so many people right now are lacking purpose. So this morning I saw a post, I'm getting more involved with Instagram. I have to for the business, of course, right? But Tom Bilyeu, Impact Theory, Yeah. you just said it. He had a vision. That's the key word that you just said that just popped right back in my head. And he and his wife hadn't done anything yet. They hadn't made the impact in the world that they have. And they would drive around. It was almost like identical what you just said. They would drive around in these very luxurious developments. And not that they were striving to be on top and then poo-poo on everyone else that was below them. That wasn't the case at all. But they had a goal. And that goal was, we want to live here. We want to be able to give more. We want to be able to do this. They had all these ambitions. And the vision was that they actively drove around until one day they bought the house that they said they were going to buy in the neighborhood that they used to drive around in. Mm. So what you just said means a lot because you had a vision and you had an ambition and you had a vision and it manifested at 23 years old. Yeah. That's crazy. I think it's really, I love that you said the word manifest. Because this is a word that gets thrown around a lot. And I think just for the listeners and people watching, there's a big difference between manifesting and taking action on your manifestation. So if you just look at yourself and you say, I am beautiful, I am successful, I am lovable, all of these things, don't get me wrong, that might work for you. That might work for some people. However, there needs to be action aligned with your aspirations, Mm -hmm. right? I see a lot of people, a lot of friends, a lot of just people navigating through life, especially right now, and they wake up lacking direction. They don't know, hey, what am I doing today? What am I taking action on? There's very little structure. What happens when you have a vision? What happens when you have something big that you are working towards? It gives you that direction. Hey, these are the things that align with my big vision. Mm -hmm. And it allows you to say no to the things that don't. So that might be removing toxic people from your life. Hey, this person doesn't align with where I want to go and who I want to become. How hard was that for you? I should have backed up on that a little bit ago because you broke away from my high school friends. 
that's a big step. When you find people that are toxic to where your ambitions are, where you envision yourself to be, how hard was it for you to be able to break away from your best friends, the people that you graduated with, the people who you used to break bread with every day in the school cafeteria, mm. who you played sports with or different school activities? There's depth there. There's emotion there. You've created something with those people as small or large as it was when you went to school. And then all of a sudden, you cut that cord. Yeah. That's a great question, man. I don't think anyone's asked me that, to be honest. It was definitely one of those things where my intuition was bigger than any sort of self-doubt or any sort of limiting belief or the pull to potentially not leave. Yeah. It was something that obviously will always have love for those people. They played an instrumental role in like my happiness growing up. However, I also I I realize that everyone's growth trajectory is different. Everyone's human experience is unique. It is. There's parts where it's like, hey, we grew a little apart from each other, and maybe your vision and my vision don't necessarily align right now. Now, that doesn't mean in five years, those people will probably still be at my wedding, right? Mm -hmm. It just means that my vision and myself had to take priority. And I think, again, going back to like self-love and self-care, so many people are constantly putting other people's opinions and expectations in front of their own why are you going to spend your life living on other people's terms if you can go and meet one person who you haven't spoken to yet who would it be and why it's a great question one person assuming they have to be alive right no you can be anybody uh wow i shouldn't even have asked now i just opened up a new can of worms no i mean it, it could be anyone if you can imagine yourself sitting down with someone who is going to validate what you've become, what you've created, because you did this. No one else did it. Your father didn't do it. Your mother didn't do it. They may have guided, but you made action. You took the action. Who would it be? That's a really powerful question. I would, in terms of like who's influenced me a lot in the last two or three years, Mm -hmm. for sure, Gary Vee. Okay. I feel like I have a lot in common with him. I think we admire people who we see ourselves in. I see your energy aligned with his easily. Yeah. Like your aura. And and his, his same thing with Tony Robbins. Like yeah. I realized I actually made a list of the people that I admire the most. And with my dad being- Why'd one, you do that? Because for me, it gives me every morning I go through this mantra and this vision board that I have. Mm-hmm. I have friends in my life that inspire me. And then also people like outside of my immediate list of- contacts that also inspire me. The reason why I do that is because it helps me align my core values. So when I look at my core values of humility, gratitude, growth, abundance, all of these things, and then I look at the reasons why I really look up to and respect people like Tony Robbins and Gary Vee, it's because they're making such a massive impact in the world And they're also, while doing that, maintaining this level of humility where there's still Gary Vee every single day during quarantine. It's two hours where he's just connecting with everyday people and helping them with their business ideas and offering feedback. And ultimately, that is what I love about both of them. And then my dad's the same way. Like, Let me back that up for a second. Yeah. For all the people that could begin to hate on that, let me just preface it this way. It's their action, their work, their intent. Yeah, they're going to benefit from it. 
significantly financially. Gary V will own the New York Jets one day. It's going to happen. We just we all know this, but it's still their action and what they've chosen to do. Let me just put everyone in check real quick because before they go out and they're going to comment, what are you doing? Mm, what am I doing? No, no. What are they doing? The mm, people that, that or, sure. who, who may comment on that. What are they doing? Yeah. Because the first thing is like the haters out there, right? Is, oh, well, you know, oh, they're going to make a business. They're going to make all this. Well, yeah, because they're putting the work in. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's funny. It, it's also interesting to how people that would say something like that, people who are very easy to jump to conclusions and sure. judge and criticize are often the people who have a lot of work to do with their relationship with themselves. Yeah. Because you don't see people who have a lot of love for themselves, have a lot of respect for themselves. You don't see them going out and saying hurtful things to people or leaving malicious comments or bringing people down. Which is exactly what V's doing in Robbins because they're just coming out and just calling like it is. Yeah. And especially if you watch a lot of the micro clips that Gary V does, he's just calling people out straight saying, yeah. look, man, here's what you need to do. Here's why. Or you need to break away from your parents and here's why. Or you need to do, you need to grow up and here's why. Yeah. And he's backing it up. Yeah. And with good reason. What's really, really scary is this stuff is scripted. <laughs> it's like Johnny on the spot, For snap sure. of a finger type of comment. I'm like, wow, that's what's, amazing. And what's interesting too is now that I've gotten more into the mental side of things, just to give people a background. I started off after that whole experience getting fired from the A's and I moved to Miami. I was coaching youth sports. I was training some some people in terms of just like physical fitness. Mm. And then I attended a certification in late 2016 that really just like inspired me and opened up a whole new realm of possibilities at Onnit Academy in Austin, Texas. Basically, these last three and a half, four years have been all diving deep into everything health, spirituality, mental health, plant medicine, really finding different modalities, exploring different things, trying new things to take my mind, take my body to a level that I know it's capable of. I feel like in my experience, I relate so much to the work that guys like them do mm -hmm. because when it comes down to it, it all comes back to your inner world, yeah. your thoughts, your stories, your beliefs. What was the hardest thing for you to adjust to in your new mindset, your new conquest for yourself? Because you talked a lot, well, you mentioned a lot, not talk, but you mentioned a lot of things, plant-based medicines, mental health, physical health, a different approach to yourself and your business. What was the hardest part to, maybe they all were, I don't know, but what do you, if you had to put them in a kind of like a list. What was the one thing that you didn't want to do the most that you had to be vulnerable and get really just like mm. tough love with yourself with to overcome? For sure. I mean- I'm not letting you it, off either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say two years ago. Two years ago, almost exactly. I went to Peru to do ayahuasca. Okay. And- oh, let, me, let me take a time out there. So everyone who I've met who has done ayahuasca, I'm on the list. I'm going to go and bang that out and get it done because I, I actually can't wait because I know I know that once that happens, based on what, I'm, what I hear, and you actually mentioned it, which is why I love the reference to the movie Limitless, Yeah, I will be limitless at that point. Yeah, I, I will not be able to be stopped, Yeah, period. Can't wait for myself and Michelle to go. We can both get the experience and both just break the blue pill syndrome, mm. right? 
Do I still have it? Probably here and there, more subconsciously than I don't even recognize, but that's why I want it to be broken. Yeah. My point is, everyone who I've met who has gone through the ayahuasca experience has come back refreshed, full of life. Like you, your life and energy in your eyes alone yeah. is brilliant. I oh, appreciate it. It's you, brilliant, bro. right? That's what I've noticed the most with people who've gone through that experience. It's like, this has come back and there's just something clicked. Right. Something engaged. Something happened. Everyone also says that it's unexplainable. Yeah. They don't know how to explain it. All they know is that they're more connected. Yeah. I mean, I can for sure, if you'd like, I could definitely share a couple of the big takeaways for me. Yeah. Uh, during that experience. So for me, it was at a time where I was really, I felt myself starting to elevate in some ways mm -hmm. in terms of the clients I was working with and in just some of the relationships I was starting to develop. However, with that being said, I also felt extremely overwhelmed. I felt like I had very little organization, very little structure. There's so much I was trying to do that I almost couldn't do anything because I was like, where do I even start? Right. Right. I went to Peru. It was like a pretty, again, intuitive trip. I was originally supposed to go somewhere else. And like two weeks before I canceled the flight and I was like, I'm feeling called to doing this. Mm -hmm. In that experience, they say the medicine gives you what you need, not what you want, yeah. right? Don't, everyone always said that too. If you go in with the right intents, yeah. it's magical. Yeah. If you go in with, hey, I want to get high and everything, it, it's- Intention is everything. And, yeah, it's and the worst outcomes. Intention isn't just with plant medicine. You should. I don't like saying you should, but you can, and I encourage you to infuse intention into every aspect of your life. Yeah. Like. Every single time you're breaking bread and eating, you said like it. vision, pre-thought and vision. If yeah. you envision it, it's going to happen. And just setting intention and really feeling that and giving gratitude for each of your experiences and envisioning the outcome that you want, mm. right? So for me, number one, it showed me how much love I had in my life. It showed me just such an abundance of love from my family to my friends. It was so powerful. It was like overwhelm of just love. Yeah. And, and with that being said, at the time, I was still, for the last decade, I didn't really have a relationship with my older brother. He had How much his, older? He's five years older. Okay. He had his own stories and issues that he was combating and in the process of overcoming. And it made me realize that I was really lacking compassion for all of my family members. If you ask my parents, if you ask my brother before that, hey, like, how's Jeremy as a son? They'd probably say, he's absolutely amazing. We're so proud of what he's doing. But I know inside of me that I wasn't. I knew there was more. Mm -hmm. I knew there was more that I could help them with. I'm going to redirect real quick. We're going to come back to this. So we're going to take a pause there for a second. But your father, who is a neurologist, yeah, okay, he's performed surgeries. He was in the healthcare system. He went into the classic US healthcare system that we're both now saying- is broken and needs to be fixed. And you went plant-based, you went mental, you went vision, all mindset. Two completely separate worlds, 180 degrees apart, you name it. How did he respond to this? How did he take it? Mm. Yes. Are, you're good at this. You're good at this, Scott. So, so for sure, first of all, one of the reasons why I'm so grateful for, for my dad, one of the many reasons is that he never pushed me to do something mm -hmm. to validate him or my mom. 
It was never like, hey, you should go to this college or you should study this or you need to become this. It was always happiness as the ROI. Hey, find something you're passionate about. Hopefully, you can make money doing it. Hopefully, it's impacting other lives around you. Mm. And that ultimately is going to fuel your life, right? And my dad, one of the things I learned from him, and I'll get to your question, is like, you know this, but the average time of a medical visit in the current model is 8 to 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. You're literally having enough time to like greet them, say goodbye, and prescribe them some sort of medication probably putting band-aids over bullet wounds, right? Like Mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier. One of the things though that made my dad very different in that model, he was very, very focused on the relationships between doctors and also the way that you treated patients. Hey, yeah, you might only have 12 minutes with this person. How are you going to leave an impression? How are you going to make them feel they matter? How are you going to make them feel like Mm. they're not just another number? I got that from him. I only saw one video in, I think, I don't know if it was when you were walking on a trail, just doing a short little clip, but Mm. I remember he was with you and you introduced your father on one of your posts. Super, just humble, empathetic man. Yeah. That's really different because most neurologists are not like that. I mean that in the very direct sense. A lot of the neurologists I know are, they're demanding, there's a lot of stress on them. They don't mean to be that way, but it just, their bedside manner could not be the best. Yeah. If you look at most of the the big suites, for example, at hospital, things that are being built is for the neurologists and that those programs. And then Mm. they're the ones usually who get up and leave and go somewhere else because they just didn't jive and there was a bad culture. So it's really different to see, and it's actually really nice to see that someone under that kind of quote unquote category be as humble as he was. Yeah, for sure. And that's, again, one of the biggest lessons I've learned from him. For those of you listening who go to the doctor regularly, understand that that's how the model's designed. It's not really meant to get to the root cause of these health issues. It's not meant to shift your lifestyle, to make your life better, to add years to your life, to add longevity, right? Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate. And my dad now, he retired six months ago after 41 years. He started in 1979 and he retired in February of 2020. So he spanned over six decades. Wow. Which is amazing. He's a lifer. And he wouldn't even have retired, but my mom basically said like, this is enough. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Let's go back to your ayahuasca. Yeah. So we, we took a pause here. Let's, let's pick that back up because I don't, I don't want to forget about it because I'm a true believer that psychedelics in the right approach is going to help a lot of people. Coincidentally, I don't know what it is, but whatever's aligning or a lot of people who've been on the show have had an episode or have explored ayahuasca and all for the great and best reasons and best intentions. And I think more people should do it. For sure. hundred percent. And it's one of those things, you know, a lot of times the way that we've been brought up in this country is we're very close-minded. Yeah. We've accepted, hey, drinking three or four nights a week is totally normal. Drinking energy drinks to stay up and medicating at night to sleep, like that's normal. You'll appreciate this because you're all into vibrations. I'm now into vibrations and how people synergize. Do you know that alcohol is the one substance that stopped vibrations from happening? I'm not surprised. (laughs) When I learned that, I was like, wait a minute. When we vibrate and when we are just pouring out communication, the alcohol, which is supposed to be fun and the social accepting thing to do, is stopping that from happening. Yeah. In social environments, which yeah. it's just so weird. And again, 
it all goes back to the root cause. Right. I want to preface this by saying there's no judgment. I spent most of my college years not remembering a lot of the nights I went out because I drank so much. You mm. know, that was like that was like a badge of honor. Hey, do you remember last night? No, I don't remember a thing. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it's like- I was it, there. Collegiate athlete, football. I was there. And yeah, they were fine. No yeah. doubt. But you were young enough and stupid enough to recover fast. Yeah. Most people, as they get old, don't have that tolerance anymore. And it all goes back. I encourage you, you know, if that's something that you're leaning towards, where you- maybe come home from work and you have a couple glasses of scotch every night and that's like become the norm. I'm not saying don't do that. I am encouraging you to ask yourself like, hey, is this become a crutch for me? Is this become like the only way that I can settle down and calm my nervous system by putting this toxic mm. substance in my body? Right. And a lot of times you get people's most authentic self after they drink because they're struggling to express themselves just in a normal state. Right. I think that, again, goes back to the root cause is like, why are you going towards these things? For me, I kind of, I, I gave you a little context to why I felt called to doing ayahuasca. And then it's actually a really smooth transition because I realized that one of the things that was causing me a lot of pain and a lot of trauma was my relationship with my brother. I realized like I had such vivid images, like images I never had thought of in 10, 15, 20 years of like my family and my brother and like all the love that we had. And I felt like I could approach things in a much better way. Because here I was working with high level individuals and athletes, helping them optimize their performance. Mm -hmm. And then I had, you know, my brother who was, out 3,000 miles away, struggling every day. And then, you know, I had my mom and dad who, you know, they're good health-wise for their age for sure, but I'm not about good. I'm about like, how can we get better? Yeah. And up until that point, I came to the realization that whenever I tried to help them, it was always from a place of like, you need to do this. It wasn't a place of unconditional love. It was a place of like, hey, I'm smarter than you. I know this works. You should do it. Yeah. You know, that's a spot on point right there because I find myself and I'm reminding as well for Michelle, she does a great job reminding me that because sometimes when you do know the answer, you just want to cut through all the red tape, whether it's at work or at home, whatever, and say, look, just bang this out. This is going to help you. And here's why. I find myself sometimes doing that with my girls. I've also found myself peeling back and not doing it so much. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to use different words. There's a book called Nonviolent Communication. It goes through word selection. So for example, I, I'm really sensitive in my ears now when I hear people while I was trying. Okay, well, what's wrong with that statement? Trying gives you a small window to escape. So if you're a mouse and you have an exoskeleton, guess what? You can get out. That's all that word does. It allows the brain to get out versus responsibility and accountability. So now we use words like, hey, I found this really, really interesting. I would love your opinion on it. Mm. Would love to know what you think. Yeah. I try to do that as much as I can now. Again, I have 15-year-old, 13-year-old twins and 11-year-old. It gets tough because they're growing up. Like you talked about, they're exploratory, they're imaginative, and sometimes they're hard-headed. Here's the thing. If maybe like I told them something, right. the same exact message, they might be like, oh, Jeremy's cool. Like. He's not my dad. I'm going to listen to him. 
right? It happens all the time. Yeah. All the time. And you're like, oh, that's exactly what I said. But you know something? I'm, I'm actually okay with that because if that's actually what's going to happen and how it's going to happen, fine. Yeah. I don't care how I get to Disneyland. Yeah. As long as I get to Disneyland. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I'm still going to have a blast when I get there. Yeah. Whatever. And that's how I look at it now. So it took a minute, but I'm there. I've gotten there. And what I tell myself to not beat myself up a lot and when I tell other people to not beat themselves up a lot is like, look, however old you may be or are, I had 44 years of programming. Not bad programming because it got me where I am. That programming now has to be changed. I need a new software package. Mm. I recently put a post up, Scott 2.0. And I'm actually not at 2.0 yet. I would say I'm probably like 1.7 at best. 2.0 is right around the corner. Literally right around the Hell corner. Hell yeah, brother. So, I feel the same way. Yeah. I feel, I feel the same way. I feel like even just the way you're talking, like that level of awareness of recognizing, hey, I caught myself doing this thing with my with my daughters that maybe I want to steer away from. Right. And you're aware of it. And mm -hmm. that's what's so important is that level of awareness. Because if you don't have that awareness, you can't take ownership. Right. You can't make changes. You can't envision it. You can't take action on it. You can't do anything with it because like, oops, whatever. Yeah. It's not a whatever. It actually means something. And what a lot of people don't recognize, what I now recognize, only because someone made me realize it in a different non-aggressive way is mm. our body language have way more meaning than we think for sure seven percent of our communication is verbal that's it how can people feel uncomfortable with gestures and body movements or squinting of the eyes or hmm or a three second pause they're powerful man it's significantly powerful and as, as soon as we realize that and capture what it's actually doing and how to adjust for it that's when the magic happens. Yeah, I right? love that. I just want to, just because I think it'll be really relevant for the listeners and yourself as a dad, that was night one. So I realized how much love I had in my life. I realized that I need to change the way I'm approaching my interactions with mm -hmm. my parents. Since then, the last two years, my dad has been the most open-minded I've ever seen him really? in terms of receiving like information. Cause now I'm like, pops, listen, man. And I say the same thing to my mom. My mom's a little harder to penetrate, but I'm like, I'm like, dad, listen, you're 72. You're in great shape. There's no denying that. But, but I want you to be around and energized so you can play with my grandkids. Right. So giving him that vision, hey, being in our backyard oh, playing, right? Like, so he sees, like, he sees, oh, wow, like, there's so much more. There's so much more. My mom gets caught up comparing, hey, but I'm better than Susan, Jan, and Ellen. I'm like, Ma, like, with all due respect, I don't care about those women. They're not my mom. Don't compare yourself to people that you're above, like, aspire to be the better version of yourself. That's so cool that you just mentioned that because there's a lot a lot of studies that are coming out now or just discussions. I wouldn't say studies. That's, that's the wrong term. Discussions and just representations of what people are actually realizing. Your life is only over when you decide it's going to slow down, it's over, it's not going to continue, whatever adjective you want to throw in there. But as soon as you recognize that, hey, I just retired these, I'm not my golden years. I'm still going and it's a new venture. So you don't get that dip. 
in versus like you elevate, like you just talked about more magic. Yeah. That was really the approach I took was like a place like, Hey dad, I see you're drinking a lot of diet Coke. Now that has something called aspartame in it, which has direct links to causing cancer. Are you open to feedback of maybe a healthier alternative, Mm. right? So rephrasing- What was that alternative? Because a lot of people probably are in that same boat. Like as to Diet Coke? Well, first of all, my dad wasn't drinking nearly enough water. So I had my dad hydrate more. Also, there's like a couple good, I think it's called Zevia. It's like a Stevia sweetened soda. So that, now my dad literally like, him and my mom are going on a road trip up north He's like, hey, Jeremy, I see these granola bars that we have in the house, like have a ton of added sugar and other vegetable oils. Like what's a healthier alternative we can get because we're going to the store right now. Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. He's actually seeking it out now. We just had Ben Zadi on the show. We, I was telling you about earlier. Yeah. I didn't know this, but we had a couple of doctors on the show and they were talking about this was the common denominator of what causes cancer was sugar and refined carbohydrates. And Ben came out and said out of nowhere, which I, I did not know. I knew it wasn't the best. I didn't know it was the top of a list. Corn oil, vegetable oil. And I'm like, wait a minute. And he, he went into the detail of how it affects lipid production and what it does to the cellular level. I was floored. I yeah. couldn't believe it. I was like, wait a minute. You start looking at the labels. Second ingredient, third ingredient, corn oil, vegetable oil. I'm like, oh. Yeah. When you start to correlate some of the feelings like, I don't know if I feel so good today. Or you go back and you say, you know something? That's probably what it was or could be. So you just, again, you just more heightened, you're cognizant of the idea and the thought. So you make a change. So since then, I stopped using uh, that particular product that had that in it as a second ingredient. And I replaced it with hot sauce. Heck yeah. You had some hot sauce earlier today too. Right. Yeah. Nice. And uh, one of the reasons why I use hot sauce a lot is because it has capsaicin. Now, you saw how much I ate. Yeah. I ate a lot. What was the thing that you removed? Was it barbecue sauce? It was, um, so we got this, uh, I think it's called Down to Earth. It was a soy-based butter. Mm. And I'm dairy intolerant. I can't have dairy. So we started looking at it. But again, I wasn't aware that vegetable oil was that bad. Right. And when I looked at it, I was like, whoa. And at the end of the day, and let me take a time out here. (laughs) This is great. I grew up. With my grandfather, now in Boston, we, we lived in a double-decker. So my family was in the bottom, myself, my brother, my mother, my father. Upstairs with my grandparents. I'd wake up during elementary school every morning, and my grandfather would make me tea and toast. And I'm telling you, this man made the most amazing toast. I mean, it was, <laughs> Jeremy, it was perfectly buttered. So, so much so, where... I taught my daughter, Ashton. She loves bagels. She loves where we know off the bagels. We know they're not the best. Uh, I said, look, it's all about the perfect buttering process, honey. Mm. <laughs> so we're sitting there dying. She's like, what? They're barely toasted. And I'm looking at I'm like, can I make you the perfect bagel? And she's like, I like them this way. I said, okay. I said, but just imagine a crunch. And I just let me, she said, okay. So I get it. I get the bagel. I squash it down, make it nice and flat take the buoyancy out of it, and we do an even spread, like perfect buttering process. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. And so and this is hilarious because it's at the right temperature where it melts all the way through. Mm, I know and, exactly what you're dude, talking about. She ate that bagel and she goes, Dad, that was the best bagel I've ever had. I said, it's all about the buttering process, right? So she's sitting there, she's laughing. When I butter my toast, man, I am on that toaster and I'm like, okay, coming in. Yes. And it's perfectly saturated through. 
and it didn't ruin it because I can supplement it with hot sauce, yeah. but it's, uh, it's a little bit different well, now that I know. But so I have to find something that doesn't have the vegetable well, oil. Well, Kerrygold's has very little lactose in it. I'm lactose intolerant as well, but okay. like grass-fed butter, like a high quality. So a couple brands, Kerrygold's, yep. delicious, and also Vital, Vital Farms. They do like grass-fed butter, very little lactose because I'm not- get it? Any spot. Really? Yeah. Okay. Everywhere has Kerrygold's. I'll have to look at it. Yeah, it's delicious, bro. Oh my gosh. So the perfect buttering process is a thing in the Burgess household. Mm. <laughs> and it has been for decades. Maybe maybe I'll have to experience that on one of those unique bagels I saw out there. <laughs> um, and, and, and that a couple things that you said that I think are relevant to speak about that I think will add value is number one, like one of the things that Ben always talks about is being your own health detective. Yeah. And part yeah, of say that. Yeah, and part of being your own health detective is becoming aware, right? What I would encourage people listening to do is literally for one week, for one week, just write down what you're eating and then how it makes you feel 30 minutes after. Are you feeling energized? Are you feeling light? Do you feel like you could have a high quality meeting or a high quality workout after? Or do you feel floored? Do you feel like you need a nap, right? Mm -hmm. Understand that each input in your body has a different output. And if you're not aware, if you're just so oblivious to all of these things that you're doing and you're not aware of what outcome they're producing, then you're not going to be able to remove things and add things. Yeah. So literally, like, don't even change anything you're doing right now for one week. Just journal. Just log what you're doing. Log what you're yeah. eating at what time. And then you'll start to see some patterns. Yeah. And then from there, we can start to implement certain things. But we can't do any of that until we know what you're doing now and, and, and what the repercussions are. Yeah. And then the last thing is understand that, you know, these vegetable oils that we spoke about, you might be eating out at a nice restaurant, a, a really nice restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. A high quality by all means. However, they're likely still cooking with vegetable oil. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, they're going to put profits over people. Well, and I shouldn't say it that way. I mean, they're going to go to the go-to because it may be what they're used to or how they were trained at the same time, to be fair. And it's more cost-effective. Sure. Let's be honest because right. most – it's the same reason most restaurants don't serve <clears throat> grass-fed beef or wild-caught salmon, right? Because most people don't know and – Quite frankly, most people don't care because right. they're not aware of the implications on their health. Yeah. So with that being said, ask the question when you go out to eat, hey, I'm just curious, what oil do you cook your stir fry in? Mm. What oils are you using? Because here's the thing. If you replace those vegetable oils with oils like extra virgin olive oil and avocado oil, right? You know something? I actually sent this to Ben the other day, literally the following day. So Dr. McCullough had an article I will post the link in the podcast notes, but it talked about one of the, I haven't done the research, so I, ha I can't validate it right now at this time, but I read the article and the article said that avocado oil is one of the biggest health scams right now going on in that category. Mm, and I, I saw something, Ben Greenfield spoke about that as well. Yeah. So, uh, and literally it was just, it was on his top of list on his website. I get the daily download every, every day from Dr. McCola. What was really scary is because I was talking about the day before with Ben. So obviously uh, this little guy is listening to everything and it popped it up. Mm. That's the first scary thing. The second scary thing is 
Ben had mentioned, and the reason why I forwarded over to him right away was he mentioned the same thing. He's like, olive oil, extra virgin, uh, get it at these different locations, uh, coconut and avocado oils. Yeah. And I was like, hey, check this out. What do you think? Because just like you, really astute guy, passionate about what he does. I want you guys to be on top. So if there's something that's adverse For or, sure. or alternate information, you got to know about it. So you're on top so the people that you're working with continue to have their confidence in you, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I appreciate you sharing that. And for everyone listening, usually it's a good sign if the bottle is a glass bottle, yeah. right? If it's similar to wine, right? Mm -hmm. There's bottom shelf and there's top shelf. And understand that like bottom shelf extra virgin olive oil is certainly much better than a vegetable oil. However, olive oil has something in it. To, it's a polyphenol called oleocanthal. That's like one of the most powerful anti-inflammatories. I literally take shots of olive oil. I take one a day, literally a shot. If you take a shot of your olive oil and it doesn't give you the sensation like you need to cough, it's not good olive oil. You should literally cough after taking a shot. That's the Alio Canthal's like, yeah, yeah okay. playing their role. So you were on day two. I didn't forget. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Day two was so, we can cuss so, on so, here, so, right? So, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I own the show with my wife and she's okay with it and I'm okay with it. It's passion talking. It is. Day two was so fucking powerful, Scott. Now, yeah. it was four days, right? Yes. Most day, day four days. Yeah. You could have stayed longer. The place I went was amazing. I'm actually doing another one with an amazing South Florida entrepreneurship group in October. When? So I would love, like, you would love this group, brother. It's okay. like really powerful. We'll talk about it after. Yeah. So day two was so powerful because it really, the overriding message was like, you have such a powerful voice, you need to use it. And up until then- Now, who told you that? Your shaman or- So, so the medicine. The right? medicine Through told you your this. experiences, right? Like you're just having, your eyes are closed the whole time. You're yeah. having these, if you haven't done like any type of psychedelic plant or medicine before, you're probably going to be like, this dude's crazy. I just ask that you keep an open mind. In that second day experience, one moment I was with LeBron James and I was just- chilling with him. And I don't like LeBron from a competitive standpoint because I'm a Golden State Warrior fan and we played the Cavs like four straight years in the finals. And LeBron's like, Jeremy, like, why you got to hate on me, bro? Like, I'm just out here doing, doing the best I can. Like, isn't that what you're doing? And I'm like, you're right, man. Like, you're right. And another moment, I'm with like Nicki Minaj. Yeah. And She's like, Jeremy, man, like your, your vibe is so different. You got such a special message to share with the world. Are you down to hop on my Instagram live right now and like broadcast your message? And I was like, oh shit, like, yeah, let's go. That got me in the mindset, like, yo, man, you better be ready for any opportunity that comes your way. Really? Yeah, you better be ready because like you're going to get called upon and you better stand up and you rise up. You need to be up. comfortable. You need to be ready to go and snap on it. And then, and then yeah. lastly, what I'll say, this is, I think, relevant for you, especially because you're a father. When I was a kid growing up in school, I was, by no means a bad kid. I always did well in school. Mm -hmm. However, like a lot of kids, I goofed off. I would always make funny faces to my friends. When I saw the teacher looking the other way, I would like do a spitball. Like I was, I was, <laughs> I was like nothing malicious. You were an opportunist. Yeah, exactly. Or what we call one of our children, outcome engineer. Hey, <laughs> right, right, right. I was an outcome engineer. Yeah. So anyways, my dad always started off every school year telling my teachers, Hey, if Jeremy's ever disrespectful or talking in class, you call me. Here's my number. So 
my dad would get quite a few calls, you know, like third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, middle school. Anytime that one of these situations happened, I'd have to write countless sentences. I will not talk in class. I will not talk in class. <laughs> On the, paper or the, or the chalkboard? No, this is my dad putting me in my room saying, you have to write 500 times covering up sheets of paper. My wrist would be so damn tired. I didn't have like the physical structure that I have now. It's like little flimsy wrists. I'm writing like for an hour nonstop. Yeah, right. So we talked earlier about how we have all these stories that create our narrative that we operate from. What I realized during that experience was I was telling myself based on me getting punished and having to write all these sentences that my voice didn't matter, that I should stay silent. So all through high school and college that manifested by me not speaking up. All the time I wanted to stand up for something and believe in. I wanted to stand up in front of class and like share my opinion, but I never did. Yeah, It's not my dad's fault because he taught me a lot of respect and discipline. I learned it so much from my dad, but it was the story that I told myself from that. And that's how powerful these actions and stories are. And two years ago, up until then, like, yeah, I was doing things. I was, you know, I would teach a class here and there and do some stuff and like post videos on social media. But until like two years ago was a huge turning point. I got back to South Florida and I was like, let's go. I want to, I want to try and speak at this. I don't want to try. I'm going to speak at this event, right? Mm. See, I, how, see how you just did that? Exactly. How that one word and you take it out and then all of a sudden it's that narrow escape window is now gone exactly isn't that crazy just yeah exactly language is everything yeah i came back to south florida i was like i want to teach at an event i want to speak i'm gonna speak i'm gonna do these things and then shortly thereafter my content really improved because i was much more intentional i was uh i started my podcast like six or seven months after that and i just started to really step into my power that process is still happening. I feel like- I don't think it ever stops. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting into the groove, right? Yeah. For the most part. So like you said, you know, you're at like Scott 1.6, you know- Seven. I, yeah, 1.7. <laughs> you know, I feel like- I was like, at 1.6 last week. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's that's the beauty of this human experience, man, is like, there's going to be those days where it's like, oh my gosh, I grew so much today. I'm I'm so ready. I'm so ready to manifest this momentum and just carry it to wherever it takes me. And then there's days that kick your ass. Like that's right. that's part of the entrepreneurial journey where you're living mm -hmm. in service and living in purpose. Day three. <laughs> so what I would say, honestly, for- Or you I'll close it out. Because what, what I do want to talk about is we need to talk about our experience that we went through today, which was just crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy good. So, it was so much fun. Yeah. yeah. What I would say, honestly, <clears throat> rather talking about like, the specifics is that what these different medicines plants do is they impact your your neural connections in your brain. Yeah. So I'm really big on psilocybin. I've done a lot of research on psilocybin and the healing potential that it has. And what's so powerful about it is that it actually fuels your long-term brain health. You know, I study the brain because yeah. I want to make sure everything I'm doing to optimize my performance, my client's performance, isn't going to have any long-term negative effects like most of these pills or creams all do, mm -hmm. right? So, so the beauty about something like psilocybin is that it turns off your prefrontal cortex. Your prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain that's 
always analyzing, always thinking, which don't get me wrong, is very necessary when you're performing at a high level like you and I, right? We need to be able to operate at that level. However, if we're always activated, we're not going to be able to really get in touch with the present moment. That's going to something that you and I spoke about earlier about how you help people. Yeah. You talked about the gentleman who makes good money. Right. But the sacrifice, the work-life balance, balance, he works hard. He doesn't necessarily play hard because he has poor health. Relationships were in, in suffering mode, right? And he can't shut it off at the end of the day, which is a lot of people. A lot of people fit that description in that category. So if there's a way to kind of jumpstart that so you can actually start that process of knowing how to turn it off, knowing there was a gentleman I used to work with. He would shut off his phone every day at five. Mm. He stopped. That was it. At my age at that time, I was like, that's where I can over deliver and exceed expectations and all those buzzwords that you hear in business. Yeah. I look back and I'm like, you idiot. You wasted all that time. I I remember the work really started. And and again, it sometimes it worked business wise. If you started doing emails at six to 11, it was the first email in people's inbox. And then you were getting like immediate replies and responses and you're like on it right away. The thing about sales and consulting and just being an entrepreneur, because everything one has to close the business, everyone has to survive, is that what have you done for me lately? Mm. It's continuous. And as soon as I realized that, that, hey, it's okay to shut it off and it's about balance, things started shaping and moving for me. Mm. a lot yeah Yeah. i'm glad you mentioned that because i think especially as a father i don't have kids yet but i plan on having how many do you want what's your number in your head minimum three okay so we we always said four wow we've always and you got and we got four and you got the twins too Mm -hmm. i remember when we when we had the twins I'll, i'll never forget the moment but we uh went had the ultrasound one heartbeat boom 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 went back eight weeks later dose I'm like what and i remember i wasn't in panic that's the wrong word to use but i was i was nervous for sure how are we going to pay for this how are we going to afford it uh what do we do looking back when angie was born what was really cool with angie my oldest my 15 year old is i actually introduced her to my wife mm. it was really really sp- I, I remember it right now right here i'm there yeah right and we didn't know the sex. We didn't know what our child's name was going to be. We knew if it was a girl, it was going to be X. If it was a boy, it was going to be X. Right. Right. Baby was born, taking care of the baby. And then all of a sudden, I pick up my daughter. And I was like, oh, emotional. <laughs> I said, hey, honey, I want you to meet your daughter, Angelina. Mm. That's beautiful, bro. Thanks for sharing. Mm. Anyways, uh, so... I didn't, we didn't do that with the twins because we let fear get in the way. Mm. And we knew the names ahead of time and all that kind of stuff. And I don't regret it. We don't regret it because the time of the life where we were, we were a young family. I'm sure it's a normal thing to worry about that kind of stuff. Looking back, I would change it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I appreciate you sharing that. And it's super powerful. And then with Allie, when Allie was born, yeah. but even Allie now, kid's unstoppable. She's amazing. She's just... And the thing that is really important, I think, whether it's talking about building your business, building your brand, building your family, 
is understanding that your work-life balance is always going to be out of balance, right? I don't think there's a way to really fully understand like, okay, I should spend this much time on the business, spend this much. I think more so it's about intuition Mm -hmm. and understanding like, hey, my daughter has a big gymnastics meet. Like I could meet with this potential client, but I feel like I really should be there for this. And there's going to be times where you feel like you missed out on business opportunities because of your family. And then it's going to be vice versa. You're going to feel like, hey, I know this is something significant for my family, but this is also a really big deal for me, my podcast, my business, whatever it is. And, And my family because I know how much they love me, they would understand the decision I'm making. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we get so paralyzed with every decision. It's like, oh my gosh, like what should I do? And the bottom line is you should do whatever feels right in that moment. Now, going back to health and wellness, most people don't know what feels right because they're eating like shit and they're inflaming their gut. And your gut's your second brain, and that's where most of your neurotransmitters are. So if you want to make good decisions, if you want to make intuitive decisions, well, if you're inflamed and you have all this toxicity in your body, that blockage is going to get in the way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're, it's spot on. I mean, how good was that food, by the way, we had for lunch? Oh, it was so good. It, that's what I call, <clears throat> like you said, high vibrational food. Yeah. Food that raises your vibration, mm-hmm. matches your vibration. I had my classic. I mean, everyone knows I love eggs, so I had to get my eggs in there. But I mean, it was it was that good. You know right away, usually within minutes, if you ate something that didn't jive with your body. You know, like, Oof. and then it sets even for the rest of your meal, it sets it off. It's just, mm. it's just, uh, you know, things are squirrely. You, you know, you, you feel a little indigestion and all that kind of stuff. So, putting the right food plan, and uh, I don't want to talk about it uh, because I talk about it too much and sure audience members are like oh again but blood type diet i fully believe in it mm. and it's something that i do really find that there's a lot of science behind it it's hard actually to find it over here in the states because it's shut down mm. and my simple justification is like look if you can take a pharmaceutical drug or an aspirin or uh, ibuprofen or cbd oil or thc and it has an interactive property with your blood why wouldn't food do the same thing 100 percent so, I actually just connected with a nutrigenomics doctor. Oh, really? He's coming on my show and like he gave me a free, I basically submitted my 23andMe data. Yeah. My raw data. You and did that? Yeah. They're cool. Yeah. And then it says like what your diet type is based on your gene expression. Okay. I'll hook you up. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. But I, I finally adjusted to that. I saw huge, huge improvements. Yeah. Just in brain fog being gone, like just being lethargic, being gone. You know the deal. When you work late, you're working hard, you go to bed, you, you're pumping yourself full of caffeine all day. For sure. Uh, and it just made a significant difference in my life. Yeah. And going back to what you were saying about you know the type of client I work with, I typically work with high-performing men, mm-hmm. you know, executives, entrepreneurs who are succeeding in business. They've had that proven track record. However, it's come at the expense of their health, of their relationships, of their energy levels, of Mm -hmm. their sleep, of their sex drive, of their hormone balance, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we do is, first of all, like we talked about so much today is like awareness. Mm -hmm. Hey, where are we at? What areas do you really want to tackle? What, What is most pivotal to you? 
What is your dream life? How do you do those dream relationships look? How does your dream body look? How does your weekends look? So how do these people respond to you? Because let's be real, right? So you are in a different playing field right now, mentally, right? Not even just physically, but mentally. Okay. You're not even probably in the same universe as these folks. All they know is that coach Jeremy's going to help me. That's all they know. Yeah. Then you're coming in, you're like, oh, your higher self and your intuition and this and that. And they're like, say what? Right. Right. So one, what's the typical response? You're not, you're not going to knock down the Pentagon walls for right, sure. right away, but you are going to start chipping away at the concrete yeah. to get to the courtyard. I'm super, super glad you mentioned that. And again, I've been very fortunate that most of the people who I work with, they've been following my work, whether that be LinkedIn, whether that be the podcast, whether, so they're that, lurking be Insta- over you at first. whether that be Instagram, right? Yep. They've consumed a lot of my content mm-hmm. and they align with my values. They're ready for that type of work most of the time. Now, it's always about meeting them where they are. It's a 12-week program, and some people choose to work with me after that. And each week is really focusing on one thing, right? Rather than throwing the kitchen sink at you, Mm -hmm. first week is all about morning routine. I create them a customized movement program based on their specific imbalances and asymmetries in their body. We address movement, mindset, nutrition, all of these different things, but in a way that isn't going to require a ton of time because that's usually their biggest limiting factor. I'm really supporting them and holding them accountable. And each week we introduce something new. By stacking these habits, you have massive transformation. You look back at 12 weeks and it's like, holy shit, I've eliminated that. I've added this. I feel this type of way. This relationship's improved. My business made 3x the amount of revenue it did two months ago. And understanding that when you address that relationship with yourself, it's going to magnify and amplify every other aspect. So real quick, you know, the program that I I create is called Thrive and Thrive's an acronym. So T is for thoughts, H is for habits, R is for relationships, I is for intention, V is for vitality, and E is for enthusiasm. Now, On part two, we'll go deeper into each one of those. So to answer your question, first of all, it's not pushing anything on anyone if they're not ready to receive. Yeah. So it's asking, hey, are you open to feedback? Because, and and like I said, these people have, I've already had conversations with them before they enroll. I, I tell them like straight up, the reason I only work with five people at a time is because I want to make sure everyone I'm working with is highly committed mm-hmm. and they're aligned with my vision and they're ready to really elevate themselves. Just having those conversations right off the bat sets the tone. And yes, certainly there's some people that want to focus more on like fitness and nutrition and others, they're trying to find their purpose. I have mm-hmm. one client right now and he's super successful in the financial industry. But he's miserable. He's outgrown that part of his journey. And he's bored. When you're bored, that's going to manifest into a lot of different things, right? But the the other part of it, though, too, at the same time is to recognize that you become that good at it at the same time. Exactly. Where you you don't even have to put in the work. You never think. It's like bang, bang, bang. You're getting a couple hundred Gs. It's easy. It's comfortable. But understand that 
your purpose is the ultimate fuel for this human experience. You know what that sets you up for, though? That girlfriend who's been cheating on you the entire time. Yeah. As soon as that corporate rug's pulled from me, and all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, I'm extremely efficient, proficient, and I'm making great margins, and then all of a sudden, it doesn't work that way? Listen, if you want to grow, if you really want to elevate, there's going to be resistance. Yeah. There's going to be times where you're, you're facing your shadow. What happens when you peel the layers back to an onion? What happens? You know something? I don't... Well, I eat onions as of recent, but I've never peeled one back. Okay. Do you know what onions do when you, like, if you're cutting Oh, up- yeah, you crazy crying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, uh, I forget the chemical that does it, but it's like you, the tearing. And that's what happens when you peel back the layers of your life. You understand, hey, I haven't been showing up in a powerful way here. I could be better mm-hmm. here. And it's painful. You're facing your shadow. You're peeling back the layers. And most people don't mm. want to experience that pain and discomfort, so they never peel it back and they stay at the surface level their whole life. Right. My program, my approach isn't for surface level. It's for actually diving deep and making transformation. I'm all about transformation. I'm not about like transformation through habit creation, awareness, all of these things. Yes, but I'm not about like, hey- you're not Let's collecting a check at someone else's expense because they want to feel like they're doing something. Let's lose five pounds. No. Stop drinking water for a day. You're gone. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> like I'm not your guy if you want to come in and lose 15 pounds in a month. I'm sorry. Like I, that's that's not me. What happened today? Today <laughs> we had an epic experience at the Biohackers Gym in Plantation, Florida. Weston. Weston, Weston Florida, sorry. Yeah. Weston. So we started – just connecting, having conversation. First thing we did was cryotherapy. Yeah. So you got in first. It was three minutes. I believe you did level one. So it was like negative 135 degrees, yeah. nitrogen and vapor. At 190, negative 195. Yeah. Three minutes. How was that? That was really cool. I wanted to go back in. I, I enjoyed it so much. I wanted to go back in. When I was done with everything, when we finished up, it was that powerful. Next time, I think we should start and end with that. Yeah. I mean, it was... <sighs> You saw the picture today, right? So you know, I used to be 245 pounds, ship brick house, play college football, blah, blah, blah. Where did you play college ball at? Northeastern up in Boston. Okay. Yeah. So I went to high school in Boston, went to Northeastern in Boston, followed my brother for the most part. My brother went to Don Bosco as well, graduated electrical engineering. I was in architecture. He then went to Northeastern, finished his electrical engineering, and then I went to sports medicine. Hey. So it was a great experience. But I didn't, I don't need that. And a lot of people would say, oh, you know, if they look at me now, they're like, oh, are you, are you okay? You, I'm like, dude, stop. I'm healthier than I've ever been. Yeah. I feel great. Not that that guy didn't feel great and was there, but it was, I don't need that weight. What do I need to carry another 30 pounds in my body for? I was so impressed when I saw you today. I was like, I hope 10 years, like I'm looking as shredded and healthy as you are. Oh, I appreciate that. And Thank you. Yeah, so we hit the cryo, yeah. and the main intention there, you know, I'm a huge fan of ice baths, but the main intention with the cold is to really, again, get rid of inflammation. It also does something really cool, which Kristen didn't Kristen. Tell, mention, I don't think, but it activates something called your brown fat adipose tissue, which is this oh, small, say that. Yeah. which oh, is this small percentage of fat that you have, mostly in between your shoulder blades. And when you activate that through cold exposure. Brown fat adipose tissue. Yeah. Okay. So it's called BAT. Okay. Yep. Brown fat adipose tissue. Mm-hmm. And that helps catabolize other fat cells. So it, it's really good for weight loss. Great for burning huh. fat. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. 
And then right after that, we went to the red light therapy. The red light, yeah. That was different. I know what the red light does. I've, I've heard lots of talks on on the theories and what it's intended to do. Was it my favorite? Mm. Was it my favorite? Again, the cryo chamber was my favorite. It was that was it. Yeah, right there for that type of modality. Yeah, I personally loved the red light. It felt like I could really feel it, like penetrating on a cellular level, which mm. that's what it does. It really boosts your mitochondrial health, which is your energy center of your cell. Yeah, right. You know, your mitochondria are so important and that determines your longevity. So that was great, especially for people who maybe don't have access to the sun like we do year round, which is most yeah. people. That, you know, something that, that's a great point to make, especially people in different parts of not even just our country in different regions of the United States, but the globe as well. Huge point right there. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that. We did some lymphatic drainage while we were doing that to just get the blood flowing, which was amazing. I can't, I can't wait till we put our video together for the APX. Oh my gosh. Dude, that oh. was crazy intense. So basically, to summarize, we did a bunch of really interesting atypical modalities of yeah. training and recovery to really challenge our body and challenge our nervous system. Yep. Your nervous system, your body craves new challenges. Mm -hmm. It craves novelty. And I think that's one of the big things lacking in a lot of people's life is, yes, routines are good when they serve you, when they're sure. creating more structure and more health and more energy. However, sometimes we're so stuck in certain routines that are actually debilitating and we're too comfortable mm -hmm. in our day-to-day -day lives. And doing some of the things that we did today, I know for sure for me, it's easy to go to the pull-up bar, crank out pull-ups, do push-ups, you know, do lunges. Take three minutes or four minutes rest in between. Yeah, like <laughs> it, it's it's easy to do these things that someone might see like, oh my God, that's so challenging. But because I've done it so much, it's just normal. Right, yeah, exactly. So, so I think we can all get stuck kind of playing always to our strengths and like doing the same things because it's routine because we're good at it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It takes less effort. However, when we're able to lean into that discomfort, into that novelty, and push ourselves past our perceived limits, that's when that true growth happens. Mm. And I think today was just like an overall accumulation it was of just, us pushing ourselves. It, it was amazing. It really was. It was. We had great connection, first and foremost. Kristen, the team over there, biohackers, great dialogue back and forth. It was just by communicator just going back and forth and that's not even a word by the way so uh it was just, I, was, I was like <laughs> by communicator yeah i just made that up i think i'm gonna <laughs> use that one and what was uh really just different is eventually everyone will see it because when, when we post it is we were screaming we were pushing ourselves we were sweating we were shivering to the core at some point we were heightened uh all those emotions and feelings yeah. and just gestures of our body Mm. All came out in what, about two hours, two and a half hours that yeah. we were there. It's a really powerful and then experience. We found some really cool people at the same time. For sure. So much fun. It was amazing. All right, man. As we wrap up here, I have uh, really important questions for you. Let's get it. I'm excited. What are you reading? How do you educate yourself? Mm. How do you keep your brain on top? Mm. Great question. Right now, the book that I'm reading is The Way of the Superior Man okay. by David Dida. I really recommend this book to any man listening. Yeah. It's why not the woman? It actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's really great for anyone reading because it'll help a woman understand 
where a man is operating at its highest level. There's a lot of gems in there, a lot, a lot of gems. Basically, going back to, we talked about purpose. Mm -hmm. Understand that a man's greatest reason for being and existing is to live in purpose. Right. It's a great book. It goes into like sexual polarity and masculine and feminine energies. It's really powerful. But just to overall, like for me, I find myself almost consuming less. I used to be the type of person that if I had a car ride or any downtime, I'm like, what podcast am I going to listen to? Like this, that. For me now, sometimes I'm really just like embracing the silence. On my bike rides now, I try and go on a, I'm saying I try because I genuinely try to go on a bike ride three to four days a week. Yeah. Some days it's two. I do the best I can. And I've been I, I love the fact that it's that phrase, that concept, that idea yeah. is still sticking with yeah, me. Yeah, bro. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, I'm glad you <laughs> mentioned it right off the bat. These bike rides, I completely unplug because <laughs> it's like my time to just connect with nature and hear the birds chirp and be in a meditative state. So I think that's really important too. I think some people, they chase, hey, I read a book a week. How many books have you read? For me, it's all about like actually absorbing the information and applying the information. So I'm perfectly fine with reading 10 books in the course of the year, but actually like reading them in a powerful way and putting them into practice. Yeah. What about podcasts? Not everyone can read a book all the time and sit down. For sure. And absorb 45 minutes of just sitting there. Sometimes you have to do it on the fly. Yeah. So what podcast do I like listening to? Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> listening to my own. Okay. Because the Energy Exchange podcast, the reason I like listening to my, I mean, it's kind of obligatory, right? Yeah. Like when I'm creating content for it. But but I actually like seeing, evaluating my performance. Hey, was I present? Was I letting the person fully express themselves and share? Or was I listening to respond? Was I just like listening and like, yeah. okay, I know what I'm going to say to that waiting for them to finish, mm-hmm. I think we can all be guilty of sometimes. It's like watching video when you're playing sports. Exactly. Yeah. And it was crazy because one of my friends was <clears throat> visiting me and I was like, yo, bro, like I, I just need 60 minutes to, to go through this. And he saw what I was doing. It was actually me watching a client call. Really? Yeah. It was actually me watching a client call. And I love the process. I'm always seeing how I can be better. Did I show up for that client in a powerful way? I don't do it with all my calls. That would just be like probably impossible. Yeah. But I do do it sometimes. Well, at some point, I mean, this has to be fair to you too. I mean, not to beat yourself up, but you can't watch everything over for every client that you see. You're just doubling up the work. Of course. Right? But sometimes there's times where I feel like, hey, I feel like there's some good downloads there and maybe I want to just make sure I grasp everything Mm -hmm. and like sometimes look at their body language during our call, usually early on, just to make sure that our relationship gets off to a good start. Yeah. Other podcasts that I love, who have inspired me, I I should say. Uh, I love Tim Ferriss. I love the type of people he brings on. I think he's an amazing host and facilitator of holding space. I love, you mentioned Tom Bilyeu, Mm -hmm. Impact Theory. I love what he does. Um, He's really cool too. I mean, what's really transparent with him that I recognize is that everything's in. Yeah. It doesn't matter who is guest is he will swear he will not swear he use simple language more intellectual language yeah right and he's he's just very fluent yeah really cool stuff yeah and, and he's not ashamed to be vulnerable either yeah for sure yeah. I, i'm a huge fan i would also say jim quick he has his quick brain podcast it's like 15 to 20 minute episodes and always a lot of divine downloads the biggest thing i took away from his work is 
he always uses acronyms. Mm -hmm. So now I've realized like acronyms are so powerful because it allows you to really remember and recall things mm -hmm. more proficiently. So I use acronyms as much as possible and I've become really good at just coming up with them quickly. I like doing that. So shout out to Jim Quick, Tom Bilyeu and Tim Ferriss for their consistent work they've put in and for setting a good example. What would you like to leave everyone with? Mm, a message? It could be whatever you want. I would like to, I would love for everyone to recognize their gift and share it with the world. Mm -hmm. Even if someone else has already done it, let them know that you can do it. For sure. Because no one's going to do it the way that you can. Right. You know, there's tons of life coaches and health coaches, but no one does it the way I do it. Right. I truly believe that. No one infuses movement, mindset, business, relationships the way that I do and have success doing it. I know what I do is unique. It's not just that. It's really selfish if you don't share your gift. It is. You're, you're absolutely right. And I think just imagine, imagine a world like this utopia where everyone is just literally like waking up excited for pursuing their passion, for pursuing their dreams. And they're altruistic. They want to help. They want to contribute to making their community a better place. If that was the mindset that everyone woke up with, it would be a completely different ball game. People would make better decisions with what they ate. People yeah. would treat themselves better because they know they have to have high levels of energy to mm -hmm. serve others and to, and to make an impact in the world. So my thing that I would leave people with is really take some time to recognize your gift. Like what are, what are you curious about? What is it that you have to offer that special? And that could be kindness. That can be compassion. That can be your ability to cook. That can be your ability to make people laugh, right? It doesn't have to be mm. like so crazy and start leaning into that. Start like sharing it, you know, maybe with one or two people. Maybe it's taking a video message and sharing it with your family and friends. Like understanding that that's going to cultivate confidence and build momentum for you shifting your narrative and creating your dream life. Amazing. Yeah, brother. Dude, you are you're a special guy. We want to let you know. The energy, you, you can just you can feel you can feel our synergies. It's when things like that happen. I mean, from when we first started connecting a few weeks back and it just you, you could feel it all the way through. So you gotta know that because you are you are different, uh, which is why you're sitting there. Not everyone sits there. And I'm not saying I'm it's hard to get on three sixty, but people sit there because they have something to offer that people need to hear and you're one of them so i appreciate the kind words brother yeah i man. fully receive it i definitely want to acknowledge you for the transition you're making the elevation mm. you're making and for going all in i think this is a great example of what you're embodying this space you've created is so beautiful it's so high quality it's so professional it's so unique and the fact you walked in we walked into your house and like your daughters are so excited to see you your wife's so excited to see you. Like that says a lot about your character and how you're showing up. So I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. It's mutual. Receive, man. Awesome, brother. Thank you again. Long one. Worth it. Every second of it. You can find Jeremy. Plug in yourself, man. Let's go. Yeah. It's at the Coach Jeremy on IG, on TikTok. I definitely suggest you getting on TikTok. You're, you're going to find some <laughs> oh, unique no, content. We, we, you need to tell everyone what I'm doing for my first TikTok. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but hold on, plug yourself, please. So, and, and then definitely give my podcast a listen. 
Scott's going to be on it soon. It's called the Energy Exchange Podcast. And we've, I'm super grateful for the guests that I've been able to cultivate and the relationships we've been able to build on that show. The most influential people in all aspects of health and wellness are on there. So I know if you check out a show, you'll leave with some value. Is the old name still relevant with the old episodes or no? Yeah, all those shows are still there. Under a same same name. Same name. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the Energy Exchange Podcast. And that's really what life is all about, exchanging energy. What about your website? I, if you just hit me up on socials or the podcast, like that's probably the best place. For your first TikTok, I think I think it would be great to do like a dance with your family. And with doing that, you're sharing a story. Maybe it's just you and your wife. It's like how you guys met or how long you've been together. You and four daughters, like that's cool. That's cool that you're connecting with your daughters instead of like saying, oh, stop dancing on that stupid app. You're feeding into their passions and sharing that. No, don't get me wrong. There are moments where it does get excessive. Of we're course. Like, we're like, hundred percent. <laughs> but yeah, we embrace it for sure. hundred percent. And I, I think that would be fun. It's just most importantly, trying things. Sure. Embrace the journey. Awesome. This is Scott Burgess. In front of me, of Jeremy Abramson. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in the next one. Take care. Much love. Peace. Boom. Oh my God. Dude, that was amazing. Epic. Dude, I, that's the that longest was... I've ever sat. Like, oh, really? It, that was such. Oh my gosh. Your dad, just, your dad just made me sit in this chair for like two hours. I need to move my <laughs> yeah. body and do some that's, back. I have to fidget. I have to. That's why I have a wobble chair and all of that. For my room and all of that. So whenever I do work, I'll just be oh, here wobbling around in it. It's interesting how like how tan your daughters are. Well, they just got back from New Jersey. Yeah. And they were in the beach for like also- roughly two weeks. What time is it? Dude, Dude it's, we've been together for a while. Damn. Mm-hmm. It's been an epic day. Where do you want to get this pick? And, I can uh, take it for you. Right here? That'd be fantastic. Yeah. You, what color do you want? Ooh. That's Wait. a good question. Uh, is let's it this go. one, Dad? Yeah. Okay. What are the options? What's your options? Oh my gosh. Let's go. <laughs> you can find Coach Jeremy on Instagram at CoachJeremy305. And I have to let everyone listen and know how much I appreciate his candor and the time he took from his day to join us on Healthcare 360. It was absolutely amazing. We had an amazing and an incredible day together. If you like Healthcare 360 and enjoyed this conversation, please share this podcast and give us a review. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you enjoy listening. If you want the conversation to continue, you can find us on Instagram at Scott E. Burgess or our website, scotteburgess.com. If you'd like to have a conversation or discuss the topic option on Healthcare 360, please look for the calendar link in the podcast notes below and let's set up a time to talk. I hope this conversation empowers and educates the HC360 Nation's best and brightest, and I look forward to building our relationship. Thanks again. This is Scott Burgess, and from all of us with the Healthcare360 team, we'll see you next time.